0: Okay, it's waltz time. Who's excited about waltz? I've been looking forward to this for quite some time. I've been wanting to come here for a long time. So i mean, you know, I know a lot of people that are here at the school. So I was really excited when I was asked to come and finally God opened the doors and enabled me to come here. So I'm very happy to be here. During this week, I want you to pray for me as I, as I pray for you guys. Is that, is that a deal? You pray for me and I'll pray for you guys. Okay. Before I uh, I begin, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read something that comes from the Bible in Genesis chapter 32. <clears throat> Genesis chapter 32. I'm going to read from verses 22 to 28. And here's what it says. And he arose that night and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 sons, and crossed over the fort of Jabbok. He took them and sent them over the brook and sent them over what he had. And Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? He says, my name is Jacob. Here I say, "Jacob." Jacob. Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel. Everyone say Israel. 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 For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. The story that I just read is about a guy by the name of Jacob who has a brother by the name of Esau and they're twins. Raise your hands if you're a twin here. Yeah, do we have any twins here? So these two twins were not identical twins. So to understand the story, you have to understand how it, how it all began. Their mother, Rebecca, could not have children. And so Isaac goes out and he starts praying to God and says, Lord, you know, help my wife, you know, we want to have children. And so the Lord blessed them and, and, and opened her womb up and two, two boys were in her womb. She was about to have twins and they weren't identical what happens is the first boy that comes out, he comes out and he's, Bible describes him as being red and he's hairy. So they give him the name Esau. The one that comes afterward, he's, he's, a, lot, he's a lot smoother. But they didn't call him smooth. It would have been cool if they called him Mr. Smooth. But they didn't call him smooth. And the problem was he came out and he was holding on to his, his older brother's ankle. And so he was given the name Jacob, the ankle holder. And you probably don't understand how bad that 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 sounds because it, it actually meant something really bad. You know, him holding on to his brother's ankle it, it mean he it meant that he was a deceiver. Now imagine being called a deceiver. Imagine imagine being called the guy that deceives people. Imagine your parents giving you that name. And he was, he was given such a, I mean, you know, when parents call us uh, a, a certain name, I know for Polynesians, we get given a name because it has a meaning. See, I'm named after my, my, my dad's cousin. And, and usually, when Polynesians name their children, they want to name them somebody that they would like them to be or somebody that they would like to remember and, and it always it 's always about something good, but you never name your children or some you know some to, to remind you of something evil i mean ra- raise your hands if you 're Jezebel here. <laughs> raise your hands if your name is Lucifer here. You see no parent want to name their kids you know any, any, anything evil you see. God, God knew that this man was destined to do something good, but he gets given this name. Jacob means ankle holder. Now, let let me just try and, let me try and unpack that a little bit. I went to a school that bred rugby players. They were known for rugby playing, uh, for rugby players, and most of them would, would make these top teams. In fact, the principal during the time became the All Blacks coach that won the World Cup. So our school bred rugby players. And I'll, t- I'll tell you what, it's rugby union, not rugby league. And the only time, that, listen, in New Zealand, the only time we'd watch rugby league is when State of Origin is on. But union was the game. Now here's the thing, back at our school when State of Origin was on, the whole school would be split in half. One side supported the New South Wales and the other side supported... The, I don't want to say their name either. The other side supported the Marines. Now the whole school would be split up, and they would be very passionate about these two teams. They're passionate about New South Wales and they're very passionate about, about Queensland. But I can guarantee you, none of them have ever been to New South Wales or Queensland. In fact, I can guarantee you, none of them know where they are geographically. But they were so passionate about it. Now, when we used to play these games, when we used to play the game down the field, the whole school split in half. And as soon as the bell goes off, everyone's making their way down to the field, and you know, eyeing out each other. We're going to play a game, New South Wales versus Queensland. And we didn't have the whole, uh, you know, 12 on each side. It was more like 50 on each side. <laughs> and we didn't even mark out the field. It was just like, you know, it, was, uh, it looked like a scene from Braveheart. It was just going to be a brawl. Now, nobody talks about the guy that gets the most tries. Nobody cares. It's the guy that gets the most hits. The guy that gets the most hits, he's the one that's always paraded around the school. It's the guy that did the most hits. Oh, he laid the the hit on this guy, and everybody talks about him. You know who the worst guy on the field is? It's that ankle tapper. The guy that moves out of the way and lets the big guy run, and as soon as he's out of the way, he just gives him a little tap on the ankle. And, and, and then, you know what, people start calling him this cheap guy that just, he's, he's an ankle tapper, that's, that's all he does. He doesn't know how to lay good hits, he doesn't know how to, so that guy will be talked bad about. Here's Jacob coming into the scene, and he's reminded by his name everywhere he went that this is, this is the ankle holder, this is the deceiver. And in fact, what actually happens is he ends up becoming a deceiver. See, you got to be careful what you call each other. He ends up becoming a deceiver. His life ends up going the opposite direction from where God was trying to point him to. God had already told him that he was going to be the one that will receive the blessings. Instead, he took what was already promised him by deception. And so when he deceived his father by stealing his brother's blessing, he took off. He took off and he, he didn't want to come back home. For him, it was just an entire embarrassment. He, he didn't want to be reminded of what he did. He just, he, he left home and that was it. If I think about my own journey with God, I remember a time when, everyone remembered me for something and they were calling me by these certain names and it caused me to just flee from home to come to this place here in Australia to try and get away from, from the name calling, to get away from what people, how people saw me and, 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 and from all the judgments that people get. Now what happens is, as, as Jacob has been away from home for quite some time, he realizes that he's got to confront his past and come back. We pick up the story in Genesis, in Genesis 32, he's on his way back. But before he comes back, the very brother who he did evil to, Esau, is on his way back to meet him. So they're coming together. He doesn't know whether Esau's going to come and say, I'll forgive you, you know, for doing that. You know, it's, it's, it's all over. Or he's going to come back and kill him. So Jacob prepares for this. He, he splits his family up into two. He says, well, if my brother kills this side, at least uh, these guys will survive. And same vice versa. So when he splits his family up in two, he finds a quiet place and he gets on his knees and there he begins to pray. What he discovers is that the God that he's praying to is a wrestler. He discovers that the God that he's praying to is a wrestler. While he's praying, the Bible tells us that somebody touched him on his shoulder and they began to wrestle. All the mistakes that Jacob did. All of, all of his mistakes was, was leading him back to God. Somehow, by the grace of God, that even when he went off course, God was going to bring him back to fulfill his God-given destiny. So he goes off course, and by God's grace, he brings him back. Okay, I can see a little confusion in some of your faces. You know when GPSs came out? My, my wife was the first one to praise the Lord for them. For me, I'm, I'm a map sort of person. I like I like looking at maps to try and work out where I'm going. I don't I don't like using GPS's because you know GPS's you you're you at the hand the hands of this device and it can lead you anywhere. It only shows you a vision of you know sh- straight ahead, whereas in the map you can see from like a bird's eye view. The way we see. Life is like a GPS. We can only see the road ahead of us. We don't know what's around the corner or anything. The way God sees things is he sees things like a map. He looks from the top. He can see all the wrong turns. He can can work out where you're going. In fact, he's already destined you to be somewhere. And even when you go off course on your GPS, it's the grace of God that says reroute, reroute, reroute. You can go off course, but it's the grace of God that says reroute and he tries to bring you back. Even when we make mistakes, even when we fall, God is trying to make sure that when you fall, you fall this way. You come, you're, you're bending towards him and he's coming for you. And what Jacob realizes is as, as he makes mistakes and he's, and, and he's going towards God for prayer, that God comes to him and says, you know, wrestles with him in the night. What Jacob did in the night by wrestling with God ends up becoming the reason for his name being changed. He went from Jacob to who? Israel. He gets given the name Israel because he wrestled with God and he wrestled with man. My mother, every night as I can remember, She was a woman that used to always pray for us. And the way my mother used to pray, it was almost as if you could see her wrestling, just wrestling with God. And she's praying, laying her heart on the table, praying for my father, praying for my brother, and praying for myself. But at the time when we were younger, all of her prayers was for my father. Because, you see, my mom was a very religious person, but my dad was anti-Christian. He wasn't the sort of person that practiced any sort of faith or anything like that. For him, he didn't have any belief in God. And so mom was praying that dad would one one day understand and and come into the church. The way I saw my parents was, I saw my mom as a person of prayer. The way I saw my dad, he was a person that was just straight. Never really talked to us. And the only time that he spoke to us is when we did something wrong. So we knew we did something right when dad was quiet. He'd never really tell you that he loved you. He never really told you that he, he cared about you. And I, I, it may have been the way they were in the old school, you know, that kind of kept everything inside. They didn't want to, for them to show love, you know, it was almost like showing a sign of, of weakness. And, and the problem with that was when we used to go to school, we'd see parents, during, especially during athletics day, parents would be talking to their kids, talking about how much they loved them and stuff. And, and I, I'd stand there looking at I was that's a bit weird. You see them hugging and stuff. I was like, yeah, that's really weird. <laughs> you know, especially fathers doing that because for us, it wasn't our mom that used to hug us and do that. But dad was, you know, it was, we, didn't, we didn't have that. In fact, the way that my mom and dad used to deal with us, if we played up in public, mom will sort us out in public. She'll, hey, sit down. But the way my dad used to deal with us, he used to just give us that look like... Just give us that look. Now, I used to love the way my mother used to deal with it. Because, you know, when my mom deals with it, uh, my mom's methodology was like, if we mucked up, she'll deal with it right then and there. And it's over. The way my dad handled it, you know, he gave you that. Look, you knew what was waiting for you when you got home. So your whole day is ruined. All the other kids are having a good time, but you're the only one sitting there going, oh, man. So you're looking for your cousins. You go, your cousins, hey, hey, can I come to your house, please? And if they say no, no, oh, can you come to my house then, please? Anything to try and escape a beating. And I remember my brother and I, when we, used to, when we knew we couldn't escape the beating, we would try and get home faster than my dad would. So when we got home, we went into the room, and as soon as dad calls us out, we come out looking like snowmen. Six layers of pants, seven layers of jumpers. That's the sort of relationship that we had. When my brother and I grew up, we kind of followed my dad's footsteps Into not believing in anything, into having this sort of hatred for you know, for for God or anything like that. Dad, one day we had this broken relationship where both my brother and I ended up leaving home. My dad, he wasn't like the prodigal son's sort of father. I don't know if you've heard the story before, but the prodigal son, his father, when the prodigal son came back, the father went and met him halfway, fell on his shoulder. The Bible tells us he began kissing his neck. My dad. If we ever ran away from home and thought of coming back home, the only reason why my dad would be meeting us halfway is to kill us. So that's the sort of, you know, when we, when my brother and I decided we're going to leave home, it was like a one-way ticket. We weren't coming back. So when we, when we left, mom was always praying to God to make sure that, you know, we would all be in the faith and praying for, you know, praying for my dad and stuff. And so dad is saying, if ever I see these boys, I'm going to sort them out. I don't want to see these boys in this house ever again. There's only three of us in our family. I only have one sister and one brother. I was the oldest. So here's my dad. He's, he's on his way to work. And his car breaks down. He jumps out of the car and he has two items in the car. He has a beer crate and he has a, a sack of potato. He, he, can, he can take only one of those to the bus stop. And to tell you where he was at the time, he, he didn't take the potato sack, he took the beer crate. Went to the nearest bus stop and he sat on it and he just waited for the bus. Started hearing music, Christian songs being played and there was a, there was a, there was a Christian outreach uh, going on behind the bus stop. And he was sitting there he was probably cringing hey, he just like, hurry up bus. But as soon as the music stopped, finished, the preacher got up and he started preaching. And as the preacher is preaching, his bus turns up and he lets his bus go. He waited for the next bus. And when the next bus came, he let that bus go too. He was waiting until the preacher finished what he had to say. As soon as the preacher was finished, he jumped on the very last bus. Jumped on that bus and went home very late. Walked inside the house and put the beers in the fridge. Went to the room and fell asleep. Mom's probably thinking, where's he been all night? But she wouldn't dare ask him because it was, my dad was like, was it his way or the highway? She continued praying. Following day, his boss said, uh, I heard your car broke down. I'll give you a ride home at the end, when you finish work. He says, nah, it's okay. I'll catch the bus. So when work finished, he went to the same bus stop and he sat there listening to the message. Bus came, bus went. Sat there listening to the message. Next bus came, and let that bus go. And finally, when the message was over, he jumped on the very last bus and went home. He did it for three and a half weeks. And when the preacher made a call, and said, those of you who want to give your life to Jesus, come to the front. He walks from outside of the bus stop, into the building, walked all the way up to the front, gave his life to God right there and then. As he's giving his life to God, he makes plans to get baptized. He doesn't tell a single soul because he doesn't want anyone to know about it. So as soon as everything was finished, he, he gets dropped off and an elder drops him off. And here's the thing. He don't want, want my mom to know about it. So he got dropped off five houses before the actual house where he lives. So he jumps out of the car and he, and he says goodbye. He walks home, walks inside the house. And my mom's thinking, three and a half weeks of coming home at this time of the night. You know, she's thinking, oh, okay, what's going on here? He walks into the house, opens up the fridge. The same beers he put in there three and a half weeks ago, he pulls them out. Starts pouring them down the drain. Opening them up one by one. Mom walks out of the room and she sees this. Doesn't say a single word. She walks out to the fridge and she pulls out a beer herself. And they have this moment of both of them pouring beers down the drain. And as they're pouring beers down the drain, getting rid of all these things. Dad, in the very you know, said it for the very first time in such a long time. turns to my mom and says, I love you. I'll get my boys back. Mom's looking at, at, at my dad and she's thinking, all this, all these years... I've Been wrestling with God and, and to try and win them, win, win, these boys over, win, win, win her husband over, and all these things. Mom's prayers, wrestling with God. God was able to bless my mother and answered, and finally answered a portion of her prayers as my dad was coming into the, was coming into the faith and beginning to, to quit all these things and show a bit of love and, and affection towards my mother and towards the family. You see, the God that we encounter most of the times is a God that wrestles with us. And so we're just like Jacob said, I'm not going to give up until you bless me. We are to wrestle with God and we won't let go of him until we know that God has blessed us. Until we know that God has changed us and changed our names. And God says, embedded in the name Israel, that goes not just to Jacob, but he gives it to all of the descendants of Jacob, both physically and also spiritually. And Galatians 3, 2, 9 tells us that every single one of us that believes in Jesus is the sons of Abraham, meaning spiritual Israel, that we would wrestle with God. And though we wrestle with him, God will be the one to bless us at the end of our wrestle with God. What are some of the challenges that we're going through in life? What are some of the things that we're wrestling with? This week, we're going to go through a journey where we're going to discover some things about God. And today, I hope you realize that God's a wrestler. He fights and God wants us to wrestle and fight as well on our knees. Let's pray. Our father in heaven, we want to thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy And even though at times we may go off course, we thank you that by your grace that you can bring us back to the path that you have already destined for us. I pray, Father, that you can encourage each and every one of our students here to have the courage to seek you and to have the courage to always hold on to you no matter what happens. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Let everyone say. "Amen." Let's give a round of applause. Thanks so much, Rome. Before you leave.